The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And away we go, as Jackie Gleason used to always say. Thanks for joining us for uh, another hour of horses and handicapping and insights into the people involved in this great game of thoroughbred racing, which, of course, I would remiss to mention a few of them. Of course, our show is uh, sponsored uh, by Woodbine. And one of the most famous gentlemen from Woodbine, Sandy Hawley, uh, invited me down to his wedding on uh, Saturday uh, to the uh, beautiful Keiru Tushia, a retired jockey from Japan. And uh, it was uh, it was quite the uh, quite the event. The, the main thing was I don't get a lot of places early. I got there a day early. I had it on my calendar a Saturday. But no, they got married on a Sunday, which was good for winning ponies because that meant, A, I wasn't getting my butt soaked at Turfway Park, and B, I got to sit back and really watch the races that we handicapped uh, last week with Mike Battaglia and Brian Zipsy. So I'll try to get to all of those for sure because we did now a couple winners there, and uh, you always feel good about that. And uh, But anyhow, great wedding. I had dinner with uh, Steve Cawthon. Chris McCarron was the master of ceremonies. Uh, the celebrant uh, was won by the name of Pat Day. And uh, numerous other jacks from Central Kentucky were there. Uh, just a great time. Good band. A former guitarist from the Guest Who made a uh, – Guest Who from Canada, of course, uh, made a guest appearance uh, with the band. I didn't realize he was a friend of Sandy's. And uh, just a, a great, great time. Super couple. And wish him nothing the best, of course. Uh, Sandy Hawley in not one, but two Hall of Fames, Canada's and the National Museum of Racing Hall of Fame in Saratoga. Okay, well, that's a, that's a look uh, at uh, some of the things that happened over the weekend. And uh, let's Take take a look now at uh, how well we did at uh, with our easy win forms last week. If I can get this bad boy to scroll for me, here we go. And uh, a really big week at Gulfstream. We had some monster tickets there. Um, it was uh, just exactly a week ago. We had a one dollar pick five that paid one thousand six hundred fifty three. The easy win forms uh, also. Uh, uh, did well there the next day with a $1 Super 5 that returned 2392 On the West Coast, Golden Gate, $1 pick four just four days ago, paid over $1,400. And at Laurel, we hit a Super Key, paying 1286 You can get all the results by going to winningponies.com and see uh, just how our picks did. We post them up there on the site. And you can also pull down your easy win forms, but you can also combine your easy win forms with the handicapping tips we give you right here on Winning Ponies. And uh, going to have a gentleman on that I've always wanted to get on the show. He's kind of a traveling guy, but right now he's settled down into Hot Springs, and that's 
none other than Vic Stauffer. Uh, there's uh, uh, not much he didn't do. He skipped high school so he could get over to the racetrack from hot walkers to chart callers to jockey's agent. Vic's pretty much uh, tried everything. And then uh, finally, I want to find out how he got his way up into the announcer's booth and, uh, you know, calling, you know, racing greats like uh, Zenyatta. Well, now he's at Oaklawn Park and they are going to be the epicenter of thoroughbred racing this weekend because the top two finishers i shouldn't say finishers i should say that the top two pre-derby selections will be going to post and uh the main horse of course was last year's champion game winner trained by bob baffert undefeated winner of 1.4 million dollars making his 2019 debut as is a baffert trainee who's undefeated by the name of improbable Uh, who just seems to get faster every race. Which one has developed the most over the winter? Well, we are going to find out Saturday afternoon. Now, it was great uh, sportsmanship that uh, Mr. Chella out at Oaklawn Park. It was a million-dollar race. He split it, made each division $750,000, therefore meaning that the participants will earn uh, derby points, not the full amount if it was just a single race, but Churchill is designed it so you, the winner either way is going to be eligible to get in the starting gate and certainly a run second and third is going to give you points and there's more races to go before that first Saturday in the May. So uh, the first edition of this year's Grade 2 Rebel uh, will be run as the eighth race and that's the race that uh, that Probable's in. Um other, you know, hopefuls there are uh, Galilean. Uh, of course, we talked to the connections of uh, West Point Thoroughbreds just two weeks ago. This horse has never been worse than second in his whole life, but has primarily run against Calbred. Still, $600,000 trained by Jerry Hollendorfer. This horse is always there. Could be one. Then you've got Long Range Toddy, who loves to kind of close fast and seems to like the uh, Oaklawn Park strip. And Mike Smith playing musical saddles with Flavian Pratt, and he gets the call aboard Richard Mandela's Extra Hope. That's the first part of the Rebel, and uh, the second part is where game winner is, and uh, he does look like a standout. I see a nice cold exact to hear game winner over gunmetal gray, but hey, Vic Stoffer knows a lot more than me. Not only does he call races, but uh, he does very well in handicapping contests. So we'll get Vic on to talk about the races at Oaklawn Park. And then it's kind of part two of an interview with uh, Rosemary Homeister. You know, I had her on, oh, I'll say a month or so ago, just to kind of talk about what she's been doing uh, since, uh, you know, retiring from the saddle. I mean, uh, she was the first woman rider ever to win the Eclipse Awards, outstanding apprentice jockey. Uh, she also won more than 100 stakes in her career, and 13 of those were graded. Well, we talked about her and her mother's influence. That's why she's Rosemary Holmeister Jr. Her mother has the same name, who's a trainer. And uh, we're going to find out kind of what's happened since that. We, we concentrated mostly on her, her racing career. Now we're going to talk about life after racing. And uh, it's kind of interesting what she's doing right now. So, all right, we brought up the split rebel state stakes and that is going to be a unbelievable uh good thing in racing 
the unbelievable black eye we get? Well, Santa Anita. Looks like they worked on the track. They brought in the main man, Denny Moore. Uh, they started on the training track earlier in the week. Uh, then they opened it up to actual horses working on the main track. And sad to say, we just found out that there was another fatality today. That's the 22nd equine fatality. So we don't know where it's going to go right now because I believe quite a few horses actually worked over the track. But this is the one that uh, that didn't make it. Now, on the, on the same day, this sounds kind of ironic, uh, Santa Anita says they're going to ban race day medication, uh, which we're talking about uh, Lasix and medication that, you know, many horsemen use on a daily basis when going to the track. And uh, so they say it's going to be zero tolerance for race day medication at Santa Anita and Golden Gate fields. And uh, those two tracks will be the first in North America to follow that uh, International Federation of Horse Racing Authorities. I find it interesting that all those European greats um, that don't race on Lasix, as soon as they come to the United States, they find a reason to race on it. They give them the ability not to bleed, they hope, especially since they're probably traveling from a change of climate. But uh, I, all I know is if my kid had a uh, some kind of malady, and I knew there was a medication he could take before playing his basketball game, <laughs> I'd let him take it. Also, Stronach uh, uh, has announced, now this is Melinda Stronach, that they're going to uh, bring up the issue of whip usage, saying it's time to address the growing concern about the riding crop. So uh, all I can say, folks, is uh, between the surface and the rules, I got a feeling you're going to see some short fields at Santa Anita. All right, well, I got a lot to get to. But before I do and before my producer cuts me off, I do want to get to last week's uh, uh, races here. All right, so representing Turfway Park, the one the only Mike Battaglia joined us. Let's go right to the big one. The Jeff Ruby Stakes. And before I go to the big one, hats off to Wesley Ward and Rafael Bejarano. Of course, we're going to see a lot of these West Coast jockeys popping up at different places uh, across the country because they got to stay busy if they're going to get paid. He showed up. Wesley Ward put him up. Three stakes win on the Turfway card. As I said earlier in the show, it was uh, storms came and went. There was thunder. There was lightning. Uh, but it is a poly track uh, surface. So no surprise for either of us. Uh, the winner of the Jeff Ruby Stakes, the grade three with Derby points. Some like it hot brown. And uh, Mike Maker got his fifth win in this race that's gone by many names over the years. Wire to wire, some like it hot brown. First time Tyler Gaffleone was in the saddle. In the second spot at 45 to 1, a local hopeful dynamic racer. Um, and third was uh, at 59 to 1, Moonster. Nice close by Johnny McKee on that one. All right, moving right along, the Bourbonette. They could be going to the Kentucky Oaks. Both Mike and I liked Naughty Joker. Got the job done. And this rounded out the stakes triple for Wesley Ward and Bay Hirano. So Naughty Joker, um, one of the many talented offspring of Into Mischief, took the Bourbonette Oaks over Fun Finder and long shot New Rue. And then in the uh, – 
Kentucky Cup Classic. The winner was nonetheless ran him down. And currently the leading trainer at Turfway, you may not know his name, Cipriano Contreras, uh, trains nonetheless who got the win in the $100,000 Kentucky Cup Classic. Let's see. Then we went to down to Tampa. And uh, at, at Tampa Bay Downs, the winner was Tacticus, who slipped through on the rail late in a game effort under Jose Ortiz. For trainer Bill Mott, man, Bill's going to have some big ones on that first weekend in May. Uh, this, by the way, was first Lasix. Got the job done, was very game, and set a new stakes record that was set by another son of Tappet, being Taprit who I believe uh, went on to win some big races later in its career. And uh, win, 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 the horse that was favored ended up running third behind Outshine. Over to Oaklawn, Honeybee. Remember the horses in this race. Write their names down because this race always produces top, top horses. Uh, the the uh, winners in there, Chocolate Kisses, a Mark Cassie trainee. Uh, made a late inside move, got the job done, and got some Oaks points to boot. At Aqueduct, it was the Gotham, and the winner in there, yep, I picked him and he paid 1080. Hi, Cal. Horse that can rate, did. Horse for course, loves Aqueduct. We got on this one. Hi, Cal, taking the Gotham stakes over Instagram, who was the big favorite $1.2 million yearling. And then Last but not least, the busher went to Espresso Shot. This horse gets faster every race. Keep an eye out for the New York bread. All right, that's it from last week's roundup. Really looking forward to our next guest, Vic Stauffer. He's going to tell us about what's going down there in Hot Springs. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com The home of the easy win form The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses At most American and Canadian tracks Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races Don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. 
Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And with me, I uh, pretty much at the end of our last interview said, geez, we got to do a part two because there was so much to learn about Rosemary Holmeister Jr. Uh, that we spent uh, so much time talking about, uh, you know, her being the first woman to win the Clips Award and uh, uh, growing up with her rider uh, parents, her mother's a trainer. All of a sudden, like, boop, the interview was over, and I really didn't get a, a chance to kind of segue into, into what she's doing now. But, Rosemary, as we talk about this segue, first of all, welcome back to the show. Thank you, John. And How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm short and fat, but I'm still breathing, so I'm all right. <laughs> and uh, other than that, um, can you kind of tell me about maybe, like, the decision, like all of a sudden when you decided you were on the 18th fairway of your career, I mean, there was no sudden end or an injury or anything like that, was there? No, there wasn't. So tell me the I, thought I, process that goes into something you've been so good at that now you're going to give it up. Well, being a mom at my beautiful daughter, Victoria, I had promised myself as soon as she was going to start kindergarten, I was going to have to hang up my tack. Because I didn't want to miss any, you know, event from her school or being able to wake up with her and get her dressed. And, you know, I just wanted to be that mom that could be involved in her everything, you know. And when I was racing before she was in school, I was able to bring her to the track. She was able to stay in the jocks room with me. And, you know, and it was great. And I just didn't want to lose that touch. I didn't want to lose that um all those experiences when they're little and they're growing up. And so when it came time that, you know, she was getting ready to start kindergarten, you know, it was like go time. Like, okay, well, what am I going to do? But a year prior to that, I had um, started taking a course to become a personal trainer. So I had a backup plan. So once I did decide to just, you know, stop my career, it was actually the last day of Arlington park. And it was a decision that I, it, it was a couple years in the making, you know, in my mind, you know, what I was going to do. And, um, it was a hard decision and it felt, it felt really weird not to go into the Hawthorne meet because people were calling me like, Oh, you know, you coming back to work. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what, I'm going to take a break, you know? And I never really told the industry or anybody that I was, I was done, you know, because it was like, that was my whole life and my livelihood. And I was just like, wow, how do I like, just cut it off and not, you know, or how do I tell people? So I just kind of slid under the radar and just kind of stopped racing, you know, and went right into personal training. And I was able to be with my daughter 24-7 and, you know, experience. To this day, I'm still experiencing all the fun activities we get to do at school and, you know, when I get to pick her up, you know, after school and things like that. So it has been a blessing but it's been trying times, you know, the last three years, just kind of trying to find my new footing, you know, what I want to do. And, you know, and I love real estate and not real estate, I'm sorry. I loved um, personal training and things like that. But, you know, financially, it wasn't paying the bills, you know. So I kind of jumped in and out of a couple things. And then I finally found this company, Zalise, with the full spectrum hemp CBD oil. And I actually started 
not to do the business or anything. I was just taking it for like a health benefit because I was competing. And once I finally saw like what it how it was affecting me in a positive way, because I had lost my focus for a couple years. I was very frustrated because I'm very high energy and in racing it worked, you know, because everything was go, 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 go. And when I stopped riding, like life was like slow, (laughs) but my mind wasn't calmed down. Like I was still on go, but I had nowhere really to go. So it was very frustrating. And when I started taking um, this product, Ultracell, um, I didn't even notice it until after about two months of taking it daily that my focus started coming back. And I started to get my projects done instead of like popping around all over my house, like doing the laundry, washing the dishes. Oh, I got to run to the grocery store. You know, I was just like, boom, 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 you know, and then I never got anything completed. You know, it's kind of like half ass. <laughs> I, I understand it well. Well, before we start talking about something that uh, our audience might not be familiar with, again, I'm talking with uh, Rosemary Homeister Jr. Um, I hold in my hand a uh, 600 milligram bottle of CBD and no, the cops are not going to knock my door down at any minute and drag me out of the studio. Um, It's a, there's different kinds that are being developed. This is my called nature's rhythm. And uh, at first I kind of like didn't really, I said, I'll give it a shot. I've read so many things and heard so many interviews, you know, it's like, well, it doesn't sound like it can hurt. And it certainly doesn't uh, affect you in any other way other than perhaps uh, focusing, uh, relaxing, uh, decreasing anxiety, uh, just Mm -hmm. subtle things. And then all of a sudden I noticed a couple of weeks into it, it was like, you know what? I feel good. <laughs> I don't feel yeah. high, okay? And I think that's something that people need to know. This thing can't get you high. And it's just something if you're getting a daily regimen of it, uh, like, you know, I am i didn't ride, but I was a photographer for 35 years. And so I, there was a lot of bending down and taking those low shots under the rail and running around Keeneland for eight years. And, you know, it mm-hmm. starts to take its wear and tear on you where you're ducking under rails all the time and stuff and also i noticed that man it's a little bit easier getting up and down the steps and i'm not taking anything yeah. else and so now let's get back to the focus and let, and let you you deliver um your uh experience with it again it's uh, a lot of people are hearing about it. it it's cbd and uh i guess there's different kinds of it i know there's different milligrams i kick mine up i seem to take a little bit less of it uh but i obviously you're going to tell me I should buy your brand because you said, well, John, you asked me some questions. You're like, is yours, you know, hundred percent pure? Well, all I can do is read the label and they don't boast that. I have to assume it is, and it hasn't done anything negative to me. So tell me about first your experience. And if you had any trepidation trying it out at first, and then second, where you're going with it now, because I know that you've had a good experience with it and you want to pass that along to others. Yes. Um, I was um, sent a bottle from my stepbrother, Jason Lyons, and he said, I know you're healthy, you know, because you're, you know, physically fit. He goes, this would be probably just a nice supplement for you, but I really want you to try it. You know, and he told me how it helped him. He had gotten into a four-wheeler ATC or eight, I don't know what they call them now, four-wheeler accident, the ATCs or ATVs or whatever they call them. ATVs. Yeah, my son sadly drives one. Well, he's like really good, you know, and he's... 48 years old, you know, and, or 47 years old, and he beats all the young guys, but he had gotten in an accident in one of the races, and he literally couldn't get out of bed for a couple weeks. He was that sore and hurt, you know, 
and a friend of his had sent him a bottle and she's like, got to try this. Um, and he did. He goes, I know I'm going to sound like a salesperson, but he goes, Rose, after the first four days, he goes, I didn't have as much pain. He goes, I was able to finally get out of bed. And he goes, on the seventh day, I was out of bed, going back to work, doing my stuff. The doctor told me I wasn't going to be able to ride for another six months. He goes, I was back out there in three weeks winning. He goes, I'm telling you, you got to try this. So I said, okay. And I'm one of them people, I want instant gratification. So I'm taking it the first four <laughs> days and I call him up. I'm like, Jay, I don't feel anything. You know, what right. am I supposed to feel? And he's exactly. like, oh, it works different on everybody. He goes, just, it's, you probably, you're healthy, you know? He goes, just keep taking it. And I said, okay. On the fifth day, like, I love to hate to run. That makes sense. <laughs> but <laughs> I always would get really tired, like air-wise. You know, I don't have anything wrong or asthma or anything like that. But it always took me like five eight minutes to just finally just run. You know, I would like, go, stop, go, stop. So I had taken my one milliliter dose in the morning, um, put it underneath my tongue, and within like 45 minutes, and I finally went outside after doing stuff and started to run. Like, usually I would like run a little bit, walk, you know, for 15 seconds, run for a minute, walk until I got in a rhythm. I literally started running, had my earphones on, and didn't even realize, and I just kept going. And after like 20 minutes, I'm like, wait, where am I? You know, I'm like, oh my God, I feel so good. My heart rate never went up. I didn't get tired. I felt like my lungs had just expanded. You know, it just felt awesome. And so I was like, great, this is great for me for working out and stuff like that. And then, um, like I said, I'm very high energy and it actually gave me a nice calming energy. I was still, you know, on the go, but I had a calming energy instead of just being too hyper. And after about two months, I realized that my focus, I wasn't popping all over the place doing 10 things in like five minutes. I was actually sitting on my computer. I was completing a task, moving on to the next thing, completing it. And not even, right. and I didn't even notice at first. So the main well, Ro- thing what I found is, go ahead. Well, well, Rosemary, my producers tell me I got just over a minute left. I want to make sure that if people are interested in finding out more about it or even obtaining some, uh, that they can go to oddsonhealth.com. Did I get that right? Yes, oddsonhealth.com. The main thing you want to look for in a hemp CBD, a full-spectrum hemp CBD oil, a water-soluble formulation, and you want to make sure it's scientifically backed by a third party, which ours is backed by the Mayo Clinic we've been tested by. We have up to a 94% absorption rate and a 12-hour bioavailability. And we are the only company, Zelis is the only company with a pending patent on a water-soluble formulation. That is why we have such a high absorption rate. And you want to make sure it is full spectrum and 100% organic. You don't want to just take a CBD isolate it will because it, it will stay in your system just a short amount of time. You want 400-plus compounds working together synergistically in your body so that you're going to get the full effect and you're going to bring your body back to balance. All right, Rosemary Holmeister, one last question. I only got 30 seconds. Do you ever think there'll be an application that we could give to horses? Um, You could give the same uh, dose to a horse, one milliliter. You just shoot it up, you know, you just take the dropper and you put it in their mouth and let them swallow it and just go about their day. It's been helping. We have a, um, a veterinarian, and she has a horse that they used, just did one milliliter every single day for a month, and the horse is very 
like anxiety and stress and just very high energy. And after a month, he was calmer. He wasn't stressed. Like they could tell his anxiety level went down. And that was just with one milliliter under his, That's you know, great. under his tongue, but just shooting in his mouth. And dogs and cats, the same thing, but their weight limit is different. So you want to do one drop per ten pounds for a dog and a cat. Well, Rosemary Holmeister, it's been great catching up with you. I'm glad we got to learn about part two uh, of your life. And I want to remind our audience, too, if they're interested in learning more about it, you go to Odds on Health, just like it sounds, O-D-D-S-O-N-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com The home of the easy win form The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races Don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, a gentleman I've been meaning to get on for a long time. I'm glad I finally got him, and that's none other than the voice of now, Oak Lawn Park. He's been the voice of uh, many, many other places. Vic Stoffer, welcome to Winning Ponies. Glad to have you. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be on, and uh, I'm the current announcer at Oak Lawn Park, but I'll never be the voice. That will be for the legendary Terry Wallace that we lost this year, sadly. 37 consecutive years on the mic here at Oakland, and he called over 21,000 consecutive races without missing one. So, yeah, I'm the race caller now, but he'll always be the voice. Well, I, I, I had Terry on a few years ago, and... Uh... You know, you know, he talked about how he honored the position because the people of Oaklawn Park, and believe me, I've been there, they embrace you and the track and everybody because of what you do for Hot Springs. But he said, he said, John, he says, I used to go to other cities and uh, I'd be at the door and they'd say, well, yeah, who are you with? And he said, well, I work at a blank racetrack. And he said, and they'd give me a seat next to the men's room. He says, at Hot Springs, you tell somebody you're with the track, you're sitting in the front window. <laughs> 
the UN Lion. It, it really is like that. And, it, and it's just a testament to what incredible fans we have here. You know, people go to the races all over the world for all kinds of different things, and that's terrific. People come to the races in Hot Springs and Oakland Park for the racing, to see the great horses, to see the great jockeys and trainers and and uh, the, the racing that we put on every year. And uh, that's why when when you run into somebody, they're just so excited because, you know, I'm the person that's telling them about something that they love so very much. And so it, it, it's a great situation, and I, and I love it. I, I, I never thought I'd come back to calling races. Um, I called at Hollywood Park for 13 years and knew I wasn't going to be the center fielder for the Yankees and then go play in Toledo. And so I pretty much thought Hollywood Park would be the end, but then when Oakland called, this is a chance to call racing that's commensurate to Hollywood Park, and, and I'm, just, I'm just thrilled and honored to be back. This is my third year here. All right. Well, Vic, I always like to catch everybody up with our, our guest on the show with a broad brush. Tell me about your entrance into rating, racing because I'm getting, you know, I went up on the internet and, of course, uh, stalk you. And uh, you actually skipped high school to start getting a life on the racetrack? Yeah. Um, I've got an eighth grade education. Uh, I knew after, before I ever went to high school, I knew I was going to spend my life at the racetrack. And, uh, I could have gone to you know, high school and on to a four-year college and all of that, and it would have just postponed getting to the track. And so my parents understood that, and they embraced it. And what a gift. What an incredible gift to know when you're a teenager what you really are going to do and what's going to be your passion in life. And uh, so I, I came to the races when I was 16 years old, and I'm going to turn 60 in April, and I have never left. Uh, I'm so blessed to have spent my, my entire life on the racetrack and doing literally any job, every job that you can possibly do at the track. At some point in my career, I've done it. Uh, Vic, what part of the country were you from? Where did you start? I grew up in Southern California. Uh, my parents moved to uh, San Diego when I was in the sixth grade, and uh, my grandfather even before that, would take me to Hollywood Park uh, on the weekdays because you couldn't get in on the weekends because the traffic was too heavy and there was too many people at the track. Now, obviously, that's a bygone era, but he would take me there. And then when we moved to San Diego, I found myself in the summertime gravitating more to the racetrack than to the beach. But even at Del Mar, you get both. And so <laughs> we spent a lot of time uh, with me and my friends at Del Mar. And when Del Mar was closed, I would actually go down. Once upon a time, there was a track in Tijuana, Mexico called Caliente. And yes. they would run weekends year-round. And so when Del Mar wasn't running, I would go down over the border and uh, go to the races at Caliente. And uh, that's where I really learned how much I loved the game and started to learn how to handicap and, uh, and, and really found uh, that found out that it, that it was going to be something that was going to be in my blood and, and part of my life forever was those weekend days down in uh, in Tijuana at the old uh, Caliente racetrack. Well, I, I can relate your feelings of knowing you're going to be involved in racing and then being able to live the life and meet the people and have the experiences. Now, it's a big step. There are a lot of jobs on the racetrack, but it's a big step into that announcer's booth. And there's not many people that could pull it off successfully. What was your entrance into the microphone? Well, you know, when I would go to the races at Del Mar, that's when the iconic, legendary announcer was Harry Henson. And um, 
I found myself very much more in tune to listening to his race calls than my buddies. And um, I literally went up to Harry one day and said, I'd like to be an announcer someday. What can I do? And he was incredibly gracious. And without him, I might not have followed that dream, to be honest with you. And he said, well, he told me how to practice, what I had to do um, to, uh, to start to prepare. I would make practice calls, as I said, at Caliente on the weekends. And then one year at Del Mar, Harry had set it up. So there was a place on the roof, way removed from the main press box, that I could go and I could practice calling every race. And at the end of every day, I would take those practice calls and, li- and Harry would listen to them. He wanted to go home or he wanted to go down into the press box and play some cribbage and have a, uh, have a highball. But he waited and he listened to every call that I made and he critiqued them and told me what was good and bad. And that was really the genesis of being able to thinking that I could actually do it. Um, and so I have my whole career, uh, literally my life. To, uh, to to thank the great Harry Henson for for uh, being there for me and making me believe that I could do it. And I started out as a backup announcer in 1985 at Gulfstream Park, and um, that's the year that Spendebuck won the Kentucky Derby, but didn't uh, go to the Preakness. Yeah, yeah to, don't forget, he started at Little Old River Downs. <laughs> yeah, and um, not long after that, I got my first job as the main announcer, which was at Detroit Race Course. And um, and then since then, I've just lived this incredible nomadic lifestyle, a gypsy's life for sure, uh, and called races literally all over the country. My wife, Tina, and I figured out that I've called at least one race at 65 different racetracks in my life. Wow. So, wow. Some only one, but uh, it just, uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's truly a blessing to know when you're a kid what you're going to do for your whole life. And uh, without Harry Henson, I, I would say that there's a pretty good chance that I, I might have done something else. It probably would have been in horse racing, but I might not have been an announcer. Well, that's insane. Now, you said a word that a whole lot of race trackers can't say, and that is wife, my wife. Uh, <laughs> you guys lead such a nomadic life. Um, how has your wife kind of, you know, gone along with you for the ride because most of the guys I know end up single or divorced because they just, their spouses can't take the travel. No, I would have never subjected uh, anybody to the life that I was leading earlier in my career. I didn't meet Tina until about 12 years ago and uh, we've been married now going just, just now 10 years. So I was 50 when I got married and, um, she knew a little bit about the racetrack. She knew that she uh, that she liked the races, but didn't know a heck of a lot about it. But at that point in my career, it was pretty much just Hollywood Park and a little bit of work on TVG. So we actually met and lived in San Francisco. And when I was working at Hollywood Park, I would commute down. I would fly down on Thursday mornings and fly back home on Sunday. And uh, so she really didn't have to deal with that. It's actually more now that she has to follow me around the country because thank God for, for her that she comes with me to golf or to uh, Oakland. Cause I would, I, I wouldn't do well by myself for four months here. And um, so she comes in and joins me here for this meet and actually work running the press box last year at Oakland. And she's helping out a little bit more in marketing this year. Um, but uh, you can't do anything unless, uh, you know, happy wife, happy life. 
and uh, <laughs> I'm very, very, very blessed to, ha- to have her. She gets it. She likes horse racing, but understands that it's my deal, and she does her deal. She's a tremendously talented real estate marketer, and uh, she's made a great career for herself doing that. And uh, I, I was sure I was never going to get married. I was positive. And uh, when I met Martina, it all changed. And I'm um, happy to say we're 10 years in, and hopefully we've got many more to go. Good for you. We're talking with Vic Stoffer. The epicenter of thoroughbred racing this weekend will be Oaklawn Park, and we'll get to listen to Vic call the races. Um, and perhaps uh, if they put him in the starting gate today, the one-two favorites for the Kentucky Derby uh, will be making an appearance. Hats off to uh, Mr. Chella in uh, Sella. I'm sure I'm chewing that up um, for yeah, making the bold move. Making the bold move to split a million-dollar race, uh, thus doing a couple of things. A, allowing more horses to get derby points, though not 100%, still very solid derby points. The winner you know, can walk in the gate. And, uh, and, and B, to put before the people of Hot Springs, as you said, who are such great race fans, um, just two sensational fields, but each one allowing the – shall I say, situation, tragedy, whatever, of Santa Anita, um, all of a sudden horses have an opportunity to continue running, training, and staying fit for, for the Kentucky Derby. And you know that who I'm talking about is the guy that's won uh, more Rebels than anybody else, Bob Baffert, who will be entering two undefeated horses, one in each division. This is going to be a pleasure to watch, Vic. Yeah, it really is uh, very, very special. Um, game winner's the champion, and uh, he was supposed to run in the San Felipe at Santa Anita, but you can always, I mean, Baffert chose Oakland for American Pharaoh when he became the first Triple Crown winner in low those many years, and the only place that American Pharaoh ran twice in his nine starts where he was a Triple Crown winner, a Breeders' Cup Classic winner, and Horse of the Year, the only track he ran out twice was Oakland Park, the Rebel, and the Arkansas Derby. Uh, game winner will be the favorite for sure. He's the two-year-old champ. Some people think that Improbable is Baffert's best two-year-old. Um, we'll be able to see that. They won't race against each other like they had planned to in the San Felipe. But one of the things that's important, John, is that all of these Hall of Fame trainers, it's all very well and good to meet the competition and to see where you stand with regard to the other horses. But the reason they come to Oakland and the reason that the Kentucky Derby goes right through Arkansas and then on to Louisville is the conditions that the horses will have to face when they get to Kentucky with 140,000 people there. It's impossible to replicate that anyplace else, including Santa Anita, anyplace else like you can at Oakland when we will have 45 or 50,000 people on Rebel Day. The paddock will be jammed 15 deep, and the young horses will have to deal with that. The grandstand and the apron will be completely full, and the infield will have thousands of people in it. And sometimes it's not so much the physical ability, but being able to hold it together mentally. And these great trainers, Steve Asmussen told me about this. It's the reason why he takes his derby horses to Oakland is so they can get acclimated to everything that's going to go into having to hold it together on Derby Day. And that's another reason why coming to Oakland is so important. 
All right, we're talking with Vic Stoffer, and he just gave me a great segue, but with the mention of Steve Asmussen, who has no less than four horses in the uh, second leg, shall I say, of the Rebel Stakes. That is the, uh, the leg that has game winner in there. A horse that I've been high on since I watched him uh, prep for the Breeders' Cup where he threw a clunker in was Gunmetal Gray. Uh, I- I'm kind of looking at game winner over Gunmetal Gray and Omaha Beach, but you compete in handicapping contests, so I will defer to you, Mr. Stoffer. Well, I think you're probably right around it. Um, uh, game winner is, is, is he's, he's head and shoulders better than these horses. Now, can they catch him up when they, when, you know, you have horses that have already run as three-year-olds and game winner hasn't? Yeah, they can. Um, Omaha Beach was nothing short of phenomenal in his last start, but all he did was beat Maidens, and it was actually not that tough of a field. And um, so, and even with that race, I look at Thoroughgraph speed figures, even with that race, he didn't run as fast as game winner did way back in November when he won the Breeders' Cup. So, and Gunmetal Gray, he did throw in a clinker in the, uh, in the Breeders' Cup, but since then he's been terrific. And uh, I, I think you're probably right about on it. I think it'll probably come game winner, Gunmetal Gray, Omaha Beach. Uh, that's uh, five eight six, and uh, I wouldn't... Uh, I wouldn't go against that at all. I think you're, I think you're probably right about on it. Oh my God! A handicapper like Vic Stoffer telling me I'm finally right. Well, that's the first time in a few years. Well, let's go to the first division, if you want to call it that. Uh, the Grade Two Rebel, 750 Derby points on the line. Again, the horse that we've already been talking about, improbable. And and I did look at him, and I'm like, you know, and I said at the head of the show, you probably weren't listening, that we just don't know which one of these horses has grown into his body better as a three-year-old. You know, it's like a junior high kid all of a sudden becoming a senior high or a freshman in college their bodies are developing their mind this horse has improved and if you like your buyer figures every single race he's run uh, has never been anything but the uh, the odds on favorite in his race and so again you know you've got to see him moving forward sitting on top shows a bullet work at Santa Anita now Underneath, I know it's a horse that's only run against Calbreds, but guess what? Nobody told Galilean he's a Calbred. And this horse is always there. He's in the more than capable hands of Jerry Hollendorfer. Um, then you've got uh, Flavian Pratt and uh, uh, Mike Smith playing musical saddles. Mike's going to ride extra hope for Richard Mandela, uh, who looks like he's you know, in, in good shape off of his first start in the year. And then uh, a horse that I know that uh, you've seen run a couple of times that's always impressed me, he's always right there at good odds, is long-range toddy. Uh, the, the, that Galilean long-range toddy, at, at first glance to my handicapping, looked like they would be the major threat or they'd be the two horses to put underneath and probable. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um I have a feeling that Long Ridge Toddy is a cut below. Um, his two races here have been have been good, but Gray Attempt and Super Speed are not improbable Galilean in Extra Hope. I mean, we're talking about a different kind of animal. So um, I, I I don't think Long, Long Range Toddy is going to hit the board. He's a nice horse. I'd love to own him, but now it's the the water's getting awfully deep. Galilean, you say he doesn't know he's a Calvert. Well, there's been a whole lot of really good Calverts over the year, like Swaps and Best Pal and hundreds of others. So it's it's no knock to be a Calvert. And, and 
I know that uh, I actually know Flavian Pratt a little bit. He won a race today at Oakland Park for Ron Moquet, and I was chatting with him after the races, and he truly believes that Galilean is the real deal. So given the fact that he already has one race this year, and Improbable is off of the layoff. We know Baffert can get them ready, and we know that Improbable has a ton of ability. But I think the recency of Galilean, I think he drew right. Because I don't think he could beat Game Winner, but I do think he can beat Improbable. Um, I loved Improbable's work. Uh, I've looked at it a couple of times. Um, but I talked with Slavian, and he believes that Galilean is sitting on his best race ever. And, uh, again, going back to the Thorograph speed figures, if he improves off of his last race, which was a thoroughbred four, he, uh, Improbable is going to have to run the best he's ever run in his life. Now, will he do it? Probably, because it's Baffert and, and it's Omar. <laughs> but, uh, but Galilean is 3-1 to one on the line, and uh, I actually think he'll go off at a bigger price than that. I, I think he'll be more like 4-1, to 9-2, to because Mike Smith's going to take a lot of money on extra hope with Mandela. And the Keith Desarmo horse, easy shot, uh, is, is going to take some money, too. So I'm looking at four to one, nine to two, something like that for Galilean. And uh, if he is that price, I think I'll probably try him. I think I might buy a, a win ticket on him at that price. All right. Well, let's let's talk about a great uh, race mare that ran at Hot Springs, and that is uh, Azari. It's Grade Two, oh. the Azari Stakes, mile and a sixteenth. Wow, not your, uh, they're not going to fill the, the, go out to the 12th post, but you've got nothing but quality mares in here. Uh, and, you know, it's just unbelievable. I mean, Midnight Bizu, Eskimo Kisses, Elate, Shamrock Rose, the Breeders' Cup winner. Now, the fly in the ointment is Eskimo Kisses and, and Elate, as quality laden as they are, uh, are making their first start of the season. And then you got a sneaky horse like Tappa Tappa Tappa, who's probably a long shot, um, that uh, looks like uh, she's going to get the easy, I won't say easy lead, nothing's going to be easy in this race, but should get the lead on the on the inside, so perhaps the way the track's playing that day could have an outcome. I'm going to turn it over to Vic Stauffer because I cannot separate this field. Well, uh, this race is so good. Uh, it, it's, it, there's so many different ways that you can go, and you make a very, very good point that some of these horses are just starting their season. I talked with Kenny McPeak a little bit this afternoon, and because Eskimo Quisses has a very near and dear spot in my heart because she was running in allowance races last year at Oakland. And I had a radio show, not unlike yours, not as good as yours, but uh, like yours last year here <laughs> in Hopkins. And I predicted after seeing her break her maiden and win the first condition allowance that she was going to be a grade one stakes winner. And I told McPeak that and he said, yeah, right. Thanks for that. She did it. She won the Alabama. So I've, I've I got know. a soft spot in my heart for Eskimo Kisses. And she's never finished worse than second. He says that she's ready to go. The question is, and as you said, is race shape. Because she needs pace to run at. And I'm not so sure, just like you said, she's going to be able to get that much pace to run at. Uh, Elate is probably the best horse, but we know how Mott is. Uh, he, takes, he tends to have them come along pointing towards the final races at the end of the year. Midnight Bisu, she didn't miss a dance last year. And we would be talking about her as being one of the great three-year-old fillies of all time if it wasn't for Monomoy Girl. So you have to consider that. And then you have the horse that I think is probably the horse I'll pick, which is Shamrock Rose. 
she's that good. Mark Cassie has basically won with every horse he started at the meet. It seemed that way. He won with Chocolate Kisses uh, last week in the uh, Honeybee. Shamrock Rose can get this distance. She does have a race this year, which is her prep, and here comes the bride. And I think she's the one that's going to be in just the right spot. Tappa 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 will be in front, and she'll be sitting second. And if I'm right about that, I think she can outkick these horses in the final furlong. So she's going to be my pick, number six, Shamrock Rose, David Cohen, and Mark Cassie to upset the uh, Azari. And talking about Azari. OMG, what a great mare. I called her the A-train when she would win. And I'll deny I ever said this, but I think that when they were at their very, very best, that Azari might have been able to beat Zenyatta. I, I think because she, everything that they talked about with Zenyatta, how she, she dominated the other horses physically, and she was so much bigger than them and just had that huge heart. Azari was just as big as Zenyatta. She was just as talented as Zenyatta. But what she had was tactical speed that Zenyatta didn't. I'm not quite sure that Zenyatta would have been able to catch Azari if you switched the places. Remember the day when St. Trinian's almost beat Zenyatta. You put Azari in that same spot, I think maybe Queenie might have got beat in that race. That's how good Azari was. Well, Vic, uh, I've got a lot of cobwebs in this old mind of mine, but weren't they supposed to meet in the apple blossom? No. Um, actually, that was Rachel Alexander. Yes, um, yes, they, yes, yes. Yeah, Zeri was quite a bit before Zenyatta. Um, she, you know, she was actually horse of the year, believe it or not. Zeri was, um, as Zenyatta was. Uh, what you're thinking of was the apple blossom one year was supposed to be Zenyatta and Rachel Alexandra. And then the next year, they had set up a $5 million match race between Rachel Alexandra and Zenyatta. And they decided not to run Rachel. She, uh, she was never the same after the Woodward when she beat the boys and. Calvin Burrell really literally got down to the bottom of her, maybe even asked her for a little bit more than she had that day. She was never the same after that. So Queenie would have completely decimated her in that match race, and they were smart enough not to run her. Um, But, uh, yeah, that's what you're thinking of. Yeah, because I have the rare deck of cards that the Chamber of Commerce of Hot Springs produced that they were like (laughs) baseball cards, and it was uh, uh, Zenyatta. Uh, versus Rachel Alexandra. They were so sure that this was going to happen. Um, they were going to have to shut down Main Street and shuttle people. <laughs> but I actually have a deck of those cards that they sent us. Well, fixed offer, it has been an absolute pleasure. I know I'm not going to bother you later because you were going to be so hammered with the Arkansas Derby. Uh, you're, you're, no, you're, no, you'll you be can, on. Go ahead and bother me. I'm you'll be, be happy on every, to talk every, Well, we'll find. Well, I. I'll, I'll put the line out there, but if you're too busy being the mayor of Hot Springs that week, I'll totally understand. But I thank you for joining us for the show tonight, and uh, I'll I'll be glued to uh, a, a, a television set someplace listening to you on Saturday. All right, buddy. I appreciate it very much, and uh, thanks very much for uh, telling the people about this amazing place called Oakland Park, where the sun uh, always shines. <laughs> All right, that was Vic Stoffer. Earlier in the show, show we had Rosemary Homeister. Remember, if you want to get a hold of Rosemary, uh, you can go to oddsonhealth.com. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies, another big weekend of thoroughbred racing. Pull down the easy win forms at winningponies.com. And remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. 
Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by